Hey, one more thing before you go. In this episode, we're going to learn about the power of meditation, yoga, and finding balance within oneself through mindful introspection, especially after losing someone close to you. My guest in this episode is Kayla Pearson. She's a soldier, a surfer, an entrepreneur. She believes that life is a big adventure, and learning to balance play and work is her ultimate journey on this earth. She's been a UH-60 Black Hawk helicopter mechanic and crew chief. She's worked with military intelligence. She is the mother of a wonderful daughter and the CEO of her own company. I'm your host, Michael Hurst, and this is The Thing About Healing with Balance. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Michael. I'm so happy to be here. You've had an amazing journey. I'm really excited about uh, sharing it with our listeners. Originally, you're a California girl, right? I am. Yep. I was born in California and, and grew up there for a little bit until uh, my family moved to Utah. So then I was landlocked, but the ocean is in my blood. <laughs> yeah, it's been, well, I have surfing. You can't surf much, I think, in, <laughs> uh, in Utah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't guess. Um, so you grew up in Utah? Yeah. So we moved there when I was in elementary school and I was there until I graduated from cosmetology school. So all the way through high school and into cosmetology school. And then after that, I moved to uh, Florida where I took up surfing. <laughs> I, well, I, it's an outstanding opportunity. I've never surfed myself. I grew up in Colorado, so I was a skier. Okay. Um, okay. So I did a little bit of snowboarding, but it's too cold for me. I'm, I'm like an... Uh, like a lizard, have cold it's blood. It's cool for us too. That's why we're living in Arizona now. <laughs> right? <laughs> we go back to Colorado now, people go, you guys are kind of wimpy. Why are you wearing a coat? It's 70. You're like, it's cold. Where'd you go to university? So I actually, when I got out of high school, um, I was one of those that I just had a really hard time in school, right? I just did not like it. I didn't like the structure. It just didn't vibe with me. Uh, so I decided to go to cosmetology school because my dream was to like, I've, I've always wanted to open up my own business, re like kind of regardless of what it was. Like it was helping people grow and like providing something to the community. Um, so I went to hair school and got my cosmetology license there. Uh, and then while I was um, in the army, I took advantage of the education opportunities that they provide as well. And I ended up going to American Military University and I have my bachelor's of science in uh, exercise science and kinesiology. So I'm kind of a little bit of everything kind of dabbled. So kinesiology. You have to say that. It's for so me. hard to say. So it's kinesiology. So it's basically like the physiology, how the how the mind and the body work together. Oh, that's amazing, and I'm sure that's how we'll get into this little while from now. But how uh, your meditation and your yoga and that kind mm -hmm. of mind body soul uh, connection. What was your interest in the um, in that in particular? Why did you go there? What attracted you to that? So for that, we can kind of back up just a little bit. Um, so after. Or when I was in cosmetology school, I um, I just had a hard time with just like body image and and pretty I guess typical you know young American girl stuff you know what you see all the time is these really perfect airbrushed models and people and then social media was really uh, really getting a lot of steam and coming out and uh, so now you're seeing these curated feeds um, and so I started running. Uh, just to kind of uh, lose a little weight or whatever. Um, but then as I as I kept going, I found that it was sort of a, a meditation for me. It was a way to kind of get out of my own mind. And so I um, 
continued training, continued running and started getting interested in marathons, which led to my interest in triathlons. And so all of that physical training needs a lot of mental training as well. So that's kind of where that all began. Uh, And then I actually started to really get into yoga about five years ago. So I'd been in the army, I'd done my Ironman triathlons, and I had actually worn my body down. So I went too far the other way. And I needed something to kind of center me and ground me. So that's what led me to yoga. And then of course, yoga kind of lends itself naturally to meditation. So I just started exploring uh, those aspects of it just kind of on my own, really. Just, just out of curiosity, what attracts you to something like a, a triathlon? The challenge of it. So <laughs> for me, um, so growing up, uh, I grew up pretty poor um, in we also grew up very religious and a very Christian religion in Utah, which I'm sure everyone can probably guess what that is. And again, something that didn't really vibe with me, but you're basically just told your whole life, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to live your life. And you're going to be a mom and be a housekeeper and all of this, which there's nothing wrong with that, which actually I would love right now to just be a, <laughs> to stay at home. So going along, uh, back again, also to the, the cosmetology school was my want to realize goals for myself. So that's when I started uh, doing like vision boards and making goals and just being like, hey, if I put my mind to something, can I do it? And I could. And so running and training, you kind of get into these groups um, of marathon runners and triathletes and stuff. And so I was like, hey, let me see if I can do this. And so it was basically just like a mental challenge to myself just to see if I could do it. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I would never even attempt something like that. I, I, I've always been, I'm not necessarily athletic, but um, as a law enforcement officer, I had to stay in shape. So I worked out in the right. gym, you know, this kind of thing. And I swam, but uh, triathlons, I, I, I was like, no, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of training. It's it's tough. I don't really, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> but it was yeah, fun while I did it. Now, you, did you... If, if I remember in reading some of your bio, you won some awards or did you, you won a couple of competitions mm-hmm. internationally, correct? Yeah. So, um, in the army, uh, my first station was in Seoul, Korea. And so I was running a lot cause I was training for the Japan, uh, Ironman triathlon. And so I actually went and entered a marathon and I actually grew up not, I was like the really slow kid, the not flexible kid. I hated gym. And so it's really funny to see how things progress. But I entered into the Seoul International Marathon and and won a women's title, uh, won first place. And I didn't even know. I was so tired. I just sat down and then I ended up leaving. And, the, and someone else who had run it with me was like, hey, you know, you like won, right? And I was like, oh, thanks. Like, wow. Wow. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> But oh, running was just my life at that point. So it was just something that was a part of me. So you practice, um, see if I say this correctly, Theravada Buddhism. Theravada. Uh, Theravada. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Help me understand what that is. I've, I've, I've explored Buddhism on several levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up on a different religious background. With I'm a Reformed Catholic. Oh, okay. So I, I really don't practice Catholic anymore. And um, Mm -hmm. more of a spiritual individual, my wife and I, my kids, all of us. And uh, we take a little bit, like Bruce Lee said, you take a little bit of something, what works for you, throw the bad away, 
and kind of combine it into something that's more effective and efficient for your mind, your body, and your soul. So can we maybe understand a little bit more about that? Yeah, of course. Um, so I started getting into that. Um, so I'm doing my yoga. I'm, I'm starting to dabble in meditation. And uh, I switched over to the military intelligence side of things. Um, once I had my daughter, I, I was like, I don't know if I want to be in helicopters anymore. So I switched over. And that uh, switch actually took me to Thailand, where I spent a good portion of uh, 2019. And so I'm already dabbling in this. A lot of things had happened leading up to that to where I needed a way to understand my mind, to uh, kind of get out of my own head and figure out uh, what I wanted to do in life. I had experienced a lot of loss uh, the year before. Um, I actually lost my little brother due to opioid overdose. And so this is something that I had to watch and I had never seen, you know, I'd never been this close to, to death in my life. And it really affected me. And so my time in Thailand was not only work, but also uh, a little bit of time for introspection. And it was the perfect place to do it. So I actually, that's where I found Theravada, Theravada. I always say it wrong. Theravada Buddhism. I said it wrong the first there. time. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> uh, we worked with a lot of um, interpreters there, and the interpreters are mostly all females. So we really got along because I'm one of the only females in my uh, job, like in my area, what I do. And so we all got along, and they really introduced it to me there. And the, it's funny that you say you kind of pick and choose because Theravada Buddhism is all about kind of doing what works for you and finding that balance. And um, so there's a lot of different types of Buddhism that people will practice, just like any other religion. There's a lot of different ways to practice. And they really encouraged that uh, balance and um like mitigation. So just a little bit of each, not too much, but they encourage not going too far left or too far right. They want, they, they encourage kind of like that middle road of like, you know, walk a center path. Yeah, exactly. And, and finding how, you know, what works for you. And so that's sort of the basis of it is, you know, look around you, pick a little of this, pick a little of that, make sure that it works for you. And, just kind of try and continue doing the best you can with what you have. And so that's what really got me into that kind of sect, if you will, of Buddhism. Is Buddhism, just to help our listeners understand a little bit, is Buddhism a, a, a religion or is it a philosophy or a combination of both? Ooh, that's a good question. So the way that I see it is more of a philosophy. I know that some people would probably call it a religion, but... Um, I guess it depends on how you see religion, because for me, religion kind of sometimes carries a negative connotation. And so I look at more like spirituality and, and what am I doing to be the best person I can and make a good impact in the world? I agree with that. That's the way my wife and I, my kids all practice that same philosophy, that same spiritual aspect of it. So how does, how does yoga play into something like that? Did you learn yoga from there? Is that something that came out of that? Did it grow out of that? So yoga, I was actually doing before that. And I had practiced for a couple of years at this point. And I really like deepened my practice of it uh, while I was there. Yoga was something for me to help balance the intense training. So when you're in the world of marathons and triathlons, it's easy to get sucked into it because your training 
four, five, six hours a day. It is your entire life. And so when I sort of realized, okay, I'm getting overtrained, I'm overdoing it. Uh, I have extremely high cortisol levels. I'm not feeling good. Uh, that's when I kind of discovered yoga as a way, not only like stretch out and like feel a little bit better, but it's a slow paced. It forces you to kind of slow down and control and you're working with the breath and you, you come into your body and you feel your body a lot more than you normally do. I guess not practicing it, I guess, compared to when I didn't practice it. Yoga, I mean, we're going to talk about meditation, but yoga in itself is kind of a meditation because you're focused within yourself like that, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. How did you get involved in meditation in specific? So that's what I really started doing in Thailand. So I, I but dabbled in it a little bit. I love to use an app called Headspace. Um, it's really, really good, especially if you're starting out meditating. Um, they have a lot of really good basic courses, but I really started getting into it uh, in Thailand when I had that opportunity to kind of be by myself. Because as a mom or a parent, you're never by yourself ever. <laughs> yes, I can relate. <laughs> so I used that time to kind of explore that. Um, and I, uh, I've only done it in, I, ugh, let me back up. I've only done it in a sort of temple setting once when I was in Korea. I got the chance to uh, to stay at a Buddhist temple there and, and do meditation with the monks there. But otherwise, I do it by myself and I kind of, um, I'm probably not as disciplined as I should be when I do it. But again, that balance thing, I'm like, well, okay, if I can do it for a couple minutes and sometimes if I have to be laying down, it's fine. Like, I'll be fine. But yeah, that, yeah that's I, one thing our listeners should understand. Meditation can be done. You can you can do it for a minute and it still is a benefit to you. Exactly. You can do it for two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, whatever benefits you to take that break mm-hmm. and to help you kind of relax and focus within yourself or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So exactly. do you, when you lost your brother, if you don't mind me kind of touching on that for a minute, did any of, had you already been practicing any of this when you lost your brother? I had. So I was already practicing yoga. I wasn't as deep into meditation. Um, but I was already practicing yoga at the time and I was already using that app that I mentioned previously. So it was something that helped me. Um, but something to understand as well, like when you go through that or when someone, you know, goes through that, sometimes you don't know how to ask for the help that you need and you don't know what you're going through. Um, I know you had mentioned previously you're a police sergeant and you've probably seen things that you didn't want to see. And and trauma affects everyone differently. And so this was a point in my life where I experienced a sort of trauma that I didn't know how to deal with, that my parents didn't know how to deal with, that my spouse didn't know how to deal with. And so coming into a place of self-healing through that meditation and through yoga was, was something that really worked for me. And as we're kind of on that topic about meditation and, and how to practice it for those that are curious, or maybe they haven't done it before, there's walking meditation. There's, I mean, surfing is a meditation for me. Anything that gets you out of that headspace and focused on the moment, I think is a way of meditation because that's the whole point of meditation, right? Is to come into yourself, focus and get away from the past and the future, sit there in the present and just be. 
And that was something that I've only really started to learn. I'm, I'm a goal-oriented person, and so it's easy to get stuck in the future, but you got to pull back sometimes and enjoy that journey and enjoy the present. So it was something that was really helpful. That's a, that's outstanding, actually. Yeah, I um talking about being on the job. A lot of people don't understand that uh, uh, police officers, law enforcement officers, EMTs, doctors, nurses can all suffer from PTSD. Yeah. In that regard, because you see things, hear things, you're involved in things that um, basically you sequester, push down because you don't talk about them. You're not allowed to talk about them, mm -hmm. or you don't want to talk about them because of the trauma that you had mentioned. And um, that includes even losing somebody. When we lose somebody, it if you never had happened before, or if you are, are just experienced it, especially this last year where we had an overwhelming amount of individuals lost and lost in such a manner that we did not get to process that. It, we didn't have the normal process time. We didn't have the normal grieving time, the normal say goodbye time. We didn't have the opportunity to say what we wanted to say or to be with somebody or hold their hand. In some cases, you know, that, that we have had meditation actually gives you an opportunity to sit back, take a breath and realize and kind of look within yourself. And you can still have the opportunity to, to say what you want to say within that meditation, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, you can relax and say what you want to say. You could, you can open your mind and kind of relieve some of that. Exactly. And, and I think that self-healing, I, I, I hope that more people talk about it because there's sometimes there's things that you just don't know how to say, or you can't say, or you don't like, sometimes you can't explain the feelings that are kind of going through your head, especially at this moment in time, um, with everyone, you know, sometimes you really don't get that experience or that opportunity to say goodbye. You don't get that grieving process, like you say, and especially with what feels like the entire world going through this collective human experience of loss and like trial, it's a really hard time. And so coming into yourself and finding something that allows you to just focus uh, is just very enlightening, I guess, or, or relieving mm -hmm. for a lot of people. I'm losing a lot of my words today. I'm sorry. No, I'm actually better. Yeah, I mean no, that's a good word. That, I mean, there's a conversation. I mean, that's a good word. You know, the fact is, is that grieving is a natural process in loss. And it's a natural process in any kind of loss, whether it be losing somebody, losing a pet, losing your job, mm -hmm. losing your means, your home. Any one of those processes, all um, are, are, you go through a grieving process and you go through the five stages. And the five stages can take anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of years in that normal for you, for each individual is going through that journey. And with regard to that, I think that um, self-healing is a very important aspect of it because once you have to recognize it and once you recognize that you have the ability to kind of manage it effectively. Mm -hmm. And I, I, as my listeners know, I use meditation to manage some of my, I manage my pain, I manage my loss, you know, my personal loss as well as Every face I still see for every call that I went to that was a negative call, what mm -hmm. is called a negative call. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of it's the same thing with what you talk about with balancing your life and your work. 
you know, it, it helps you to balance your life and your work. It does. And one thing I want to mention while we're still kind of on that as well is allowing yourself that time. So for me, the thing that I learned uh, the hard way was that you have to allow yourself that time to either grieve or process, even if you're angry, if you're angry at something or if you're sad, or if something has really affected you, give yourself a certain amount of time to feel out those feelings. So I typically push down. I'm like, I don't feel anything. I'm fine. I'm good. Because uh, so when I lost my brother, I was coming off of a six month course that was my, uh, I was changing my job in the military basically. And I was coming off that six month course. I went home to DC, um, flew to Phoenix actually, which was where my brother was. I was with my family, uh, and with him in the hospital room. So we were like right there. We had to make that decision, fly back and then move my family to Hawaii all within two weeks. (laughs) It was crazy. And then start a brand new job in a brand new place with a brand new office and everything. And so you have to be like, and especially in the military too, you're like, Oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Uh, and what I learned was that giving yourself that time to heal that time to be angry, that time to be sad and feeling it all the way through and then get yourself a plan to continue that process and to get better, um, is something that really, really helped me and that I had to learn the hard way. So I practice that now as much as I can. I think we all have to learn the hard way. It takes a long time. <laughs> I mean, I've been retired for quite some time and I still, I still have to step back from, uh, even the job. I still have to step back. There'll be things that remind me, yeah. there'll be incidents that pop up and I'll go, Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah. I think about that. And then I have to kind of stop myself for a second and go take a breath and kind of work through it again. And, um, you know, I've had colleagues that commit suicide, unfortunately, and I something will hit it, the anniversary date will hit it, yeah. and it all comes back. Right. You know, and even as a cop, you kind of go, well, we as cops know, you know, especially with suicide, you kind of go to a point where you you understand it. Sometimes you can empathize with it, but you never really fully grasp why. And, mm-hmm. and what you could have done. The question is always in the back of your head. Could I? Yeah. Why didn't I? Why didn't I see it? You know, but it's, again, each of us individually push it down. We hide it. We say we're okay. And sometimes, sometimes you just have to take a break. And you yep. need to sit back and think within yourself. Exactly. Hey, just a quick note that we are changing days. Sorry for the short notice in regard to release. From now on, we're going to release on Wednesdays and on Fridays. So we're moving from Tuesdays and Thursdays to Wednesdays and Fridays. I'm sorry for the inconvenience, but um, circumstances warranted we do that. So please enjoy the show. Follow us. In addition, we are making updates and upgrades. We're evolving. You're going to find a new logo, new colors and a new look with the same podcast. We're just going to upgrade our visual presence to you. So you will notice that in the next few weeks uh, when we put up the new logo and we put up the new artwork. It is still, one more thing before you go, it is still Michael Hurst and some brilliant guest. So please, I hope you enjoy the new look. From your perspective and what you've learned, how do you think someone... Um, maybe the steps that they would take to kind of balance life and work 
Um, I know we just talked about loss, but how would they balance life and work? Because I know mm-hmm. that there are people, especially uh, because of the, what's gone on over the last year and a half, or a year and a half, right. almost, you know, these there's going to be incidences of people that need to understand how to balance life and work. It's it's a huge challenge and everyone has to take it uh, step by step and you have to step back and and take stock of of your goals, your lifestyle and and how you uh, want to move through the day. So my uh, my whole thing, especially this year and last year, has been finding that sort of balance because I truly believe that you can find some sort of work life balance regardless of you know what you do. Uh, but it is always a journey and it's a moving target as well. It doesn't always look the same every single day. Um, one of the biggest things for me in finding that balance has been giving myself one to two hours and I'm a morning person. So I do that in the mornings, giving myself one to two hours to have for myself. So either I walk, I walk a lot. I love walking. Uh, I walk, I surf or I do yoga. And then I do like my planner. I look through my day so that my goals and and what I need to accomplish are forefront in my mind, but I have like that time and I have my first of many cups of coffee in the morning and and have these little rituals. And I think having those plugged into your day, even if it's just an hour where you do something that you're like, this is my time. This is, you know, I'm going to use it however I feel like that day. Because like I said, every day is not going to be the same. Um, We've gone through even more challenges this year. And so that changes uh, weekly, daily sometimes for me, but I try and listen to how my body's feeling, how I'm feeling and giving myself that little bit of time to just have a little daily reset and then move forward has been a huge help in balancing out and not feeling so overwhelmed by work or life. Or yeah, life in general. <laughs> yeah. The best of us, it just kind of sneaks up on you, on us and trips us just a little. Yes. <laughs> a little, just a little. So meditation, if somebody was going to get into meditation for any particular reason, do you have any suggestions of how to kind of enter into that realm of meditation? I love meditation. It works for me. I, I got I it before we start. I got to tell you something real quick. I interviewed a guy, Michael Jolie, and um, he invented and engineered these outstanding, amazing. He calls them pods. They're now pods, N-O-W pods. The technical term, I can't even begin to pronounce. It's worse than Taravada, (laughs) Taravada. It it is, but they're amazing. And basically there's two of them that come in a set and I don't make any money from this. I don't make any affiliate with this just to put it out there because I've got an episode on it and people should probably listen to it. Um, not probably, you should listen to it if you're interested in this, because it would help you to kind of govern getting into meditation. But, mm-hmm. they, you know, like singing bowls, for example, if yeah. reminding you, they've got these tones that help you to relax and focus and, and kind of calm you down. And each the pods, you hold one in each hand. And instead of holding your fingers together, like some people typically see somebody meditate, yeah, like right? your mudras. Exactly. They that you hold these pods. And then the sound on each one of them, each are very unique. Every time you do that, it recreates a very unique sound between the two of them. And it coordinates between both pods. That helps you to relax in that moment. They're amazing. That's amazing. Okay, after we're done with this, I want to know where to find them. I'll, I'll have <laughs> to send so you. Cool. I'll, I'll send you. Yeah, I'll send yeah you send, me, send me the link. What would you recommend or suggest for people wanting to get into meditation, especially to help 
with mind, body, and soul and help to get that balance that they need because we all mm-hmm. need balance. For sure. Uh, I think there's two two kind of pathways to take or two kind of steps that are going to be parallel. Um, the first one is to find something that you like to do that's um, physical. And the reason I say that is because yoga and meditation have gone so much hand in hand for me and walking or running. Um, so finding something, because everyone's like, oh, well, I need to go run. I need to be a runner. No, you don't need to run. Running doesn't work for everyone. Um, and it actually, it worked for me for a time and it doesn't work for me anymore. So finding something, and I'll use walking as an example, finding something that is physical that you can focus on and that you can kind of commit to yourself you know, each day or three times a week or something. And then the second one is to just start doing your research and really you just have to start doing it. So like I said before, and I'm not sponsored by them either, but I use the Headspace app because they have a lot of good like beginner um, classes and explanations. But also um, I read a lot of books. Um, There's one by Deepak Chopra that's just called, I think, The Buddha. And um, there are a lot of really good resources out there that kind of help to explain and understand what Buddhism is, what meditation is, why we do it. Um, And I'm trying to remember her name. I'll send you, um, I'll send you a couple so you can link in the show notes um, of the books because I just can't remember them right now. But um, there's a lot of good resources out there, and that's kind of how I started. Is I just started reading up on it and I started trying you know, three minutes. And that was it. That was all I could do before my brain just was like, this is, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, and then I got up to 15 minutes and then something happened and I went back down to five minutes. And it's just, that's why they call it a practice. It's never a destination. You're never like looking to actually get to the top of that mountain. You're just continually climbing this hill, you know, and it's a practice and it's a yoga practice and a meditation practice. You'll never really hear it described as anything other than that. And so utilizing something that works for you, pairing it with something physical um, and making that into your practice. So for example, I walk a half hour and I meditate uh, or I walk a half hour, I yoga a half hour, and then I meditate for five to 10 minutes. And that's what works for me. And just being gentle with yourself. Don't be easy on yourself. Still, you know, try and make sure that you're in some sort of a schedule and you're in, you can get into that mindset. Um, but be gentle with yourself, especially as you're starting out, because there's just an untrained mind and a trained mind. That's it. There's no good or bad. There's no, you're not made for this. You're not meant for this. We're all human. Train it, untrain it. So it's just a work in progress. That makes a lot of sense, actually. I'm looking forward to the books that when you send them out. I have to check them out myself. I, mm. I've i not really practiced yoga. I do practice because of my I have rheumatoid arthritis really bad. Mm. So I don't practice yoga, but I do practice qigong and tai chi. And qigong mm. is a medical form of tai chi, actually, which theoretically is similar so to yoga. For you. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, yeah. And I've, I've, I'm almost to a point where I might try chair yoga. Um, because although I'm not in a wheelchair anymore, as we spoke of it before, and all my listeners know, um, I spend a lot of time in a chair, so they, I, may, I may explore that after our conversation. Yeah. And water. If I were, I would be getting in the water, <laughs> swimming. Get in the water or I'll drink a lot of water. Well, both. Yeah, both. <laughs> uh, the um, 
so in balancing your work and your life, utilizing meditation, mm-hmm. um, what other methodologies would you kind of recommend or can I, can I help us to understand to bring all that together for balance of work and life? So utilizing meditation. So meditation kind of comes and goes throughout the day. So um, you can you can bring it into your life at any moment. So a lot of us are returning back to work. Um, you can utilize it throughout your commute. So how you spend your time during the day is going to be super important. So even if you're working from home, getting up, taking a little 10-minute break, and coming back to your work is actually scientifically proven to be to allow you to be more productive than if you were to sit through and work, you know, eight, 10 hours straight and, and just taking that time. So sometimes you can just take, just sit back and take three breaths and focus on your breaths. And that can bring us back to center as well. Um, even if you're not really stressed out, I'll get in my car in the morning and I just take, I just breathe just cause I like to breathe now. I'm just like, <gasps> it just feels good. I like to feel the the air moving up through my body and I imagine it. And it's just something that it's just little reminders throughout the day that you can use. Like, uh, when I first started, it was every time I walked through a doorway, I would focus on one breath and that was it. So just finding little tit, like little tricks and ways that you can remind yourself to come back to center uh, will help keep that balanced feeling throughout your day. That's a positive. And we all like to breathe. So that's mm-hmm. a positive for sure. <laughs> 100%. It sounds simple. <laughs> and Actually, it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I, I, people forget to breathe. I mean, yeah, I hold my breath all the time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, people get anxiety, you hold your yeah. breath. You get, you get anxious, you hold your breath. You get nervous, you hold your breath. You get angry, even when you get angry, you hold your breath. You know, until exactly. then, of course, then it all comes out in anger. Yep. But, <laughs> you know, but you know, it's uh, yeah, it's a positive thing. I think the stuff that I I uh, have learned and I practice myself, I agree with that. It's kind of one of those things where you kind of get outside, you take a moment, and uh, my wife and I go out in the mornings and um, we sit on the porch and we meditate and listen to the birds and the trees and we yeah. just relax and close our eyes and kind of get away from everything before the day even starts. Yeah. Um, that's how we do it. Um, we do walk. I um, Obviously, it gets really, really hot here in Arizona in the summertime, yeah. so it's difficult to walk during certain months of the year. So we always make a point of being able to walk around the house and through the house or get on the recumbent bike and mm-hmm. do the same thing. People get on a recumbent bike or uh, any kind of a bike that you have inside your house. Yeah. And you can actually, if you put your iPad up, you can bring up, you can bring up music. You can bring up Zen music. You can bring up anything that would take you away from the, from the moment and just kind of bring it together. At least that's what we do it. That's why I do it. So in creating a lifestyle, I think um, we had mentioned, at least in your notes to me, that you want, you help people to, to kind of create a lifestyle. I know that you have a a business. You started a business. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that and then, and yeah. how that plays into that. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny because it's a surf business and surfing is all about balance. Uh, but playing off of my cosmetology degree and uh, kind of my study of like the hair and scalp and skin, uh, I decided to start this hair and skincare company that is vegan, plastic-free, and ocean safe. And the reason for that is because when I really got into surfing here, when we moved to Hawaii, 
there's all these signs on the beach showers that say no soap and no shampoos. And I was like, I always was curious about that. Why? And so the more research that I did, I began to find out that the soaps and shampoos and even uh, when like you wash your car on your driveway and everything kind of goes down to the drain, everything drains to the ocean and it actually can change the density of the water uh, which obviously fish and aquatic animals use that oxygen in the water to uh, thrive and survive. And so when the density changes, it actually really is really harmful for them. And so I wanted to create something that people could be okay, feel okay using wherever uh, and not have to worry about causing harm to our aquatic life. Just just being from the, I, like I said, ocean's, ocean's kind of in my blood. <laughs> so that was something that I wanted to kind of make my little mission as far as environmental goes. Well, that's amazing. That's actually amazing. In fact, I'm a, I, it's vegan. I'm a vegan. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you if you have a diet that kind of plays into that. We can touch <laughs> upon that in a minute. But the um, I'm a vegan, so I, I appreciate that. We were looking at it earlier, mm-hmm. um, which I'll provide the link to your website and everything in the show notes. But um, some amazing products that you have in there. And, Thank you. Uh, benefits are not only to ourselves, that you benefit the environment, which is another amazing opportunity to give back to the planet. Right. And one of the other things we wanted to do is make it accessible. Uh, So we're trying to get it into more surf shops and stuff here. So we didn't want to be one of those brands that is, you know, we're eco-conscious and we're eco-friendly, but we're pretty inaccessible to the majority of people. Um, We use all organic and sustainably sourced ingredients. So we're not going to be like drugstore brand prices, um, but as far as accessibility and where to get it and how to get it, we want to be as easy as possible. And for people to know that the research has already been done so they can, they can trust it. Um, And that comes into that, that balance. So along with like, the whole work-life balance. I'm trying to be an eco-conscious consumer. I'm trying to run an eco, you know, run an eco business with a mission that is like, hey, do the best you can with what you have. Here's what we have to offer. And then we also, I'm working on um, speaking with a lot of other uh, people in that eco space to offer tips and ideas uh, to live that sort of lifestyle without going crazy. Like it's easy to feel very overwhelmed. Um, especially as you know, like maybe coming into veganism, for example, it's really easy to get overwhelmed and be like, what should I eat? What should I don't eat? Uh, I can't put this on my face. I can't, what do I do? So we wanted to make it something that was accessible and just kind of offer our little bit. So, well, I mean, it's a very unique approach to all of that, especially the accessibility portion of it, because anybody that's a practicing vegan in any form, whether it be just food wise, it's sometimes very difficult. You can only shop at certain stores. Yeah. And if that store is not anywhere near you, you got to drive 50 miles to get to it. And exactly. so, yeah, the accessible part of it is really, you know, like a brilliant, actually. I think it's a, it's a positive thing. Thank you. Um, and and I, I like how it's, you know, I've ta- interviewed people before when they've got businesses and, you know, they always have a passion and what brought them to this. And you've kind of combined several things in order to create this business, which is outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Yeah. It's always been like a two-part business. So when I was in 
when I was in like first grade, I was like trying to sell copies of these coloring book pages to my friends. Like it's always been kind of an entrepreneurial thing for me to want to do that. Um, so part of it is I want to make this accessible. I want to make this product that works. I want to, you know, we don't use white label products. We formulate and test everything in-house and it's all handmade, organic, all the good stuff. The other side of it is the business part of it where I want to be able to offer a company that people are proud to work for, that they can find fulfillment themselves and feel balanced themselves. And so kind of offering and offering those opportunities for growth is the other kind of like behind the scenes of why, uh, why I really want this to succeed and why I'm doing this. Where, what's the name of your company? It is called Surf Soap and we're just, we're easy to find. It's just surfsoap.com. But uh, the, it's just comes from like, yes, we're made, you know, we're aimed mostly at surfers, but ocean lovers of all kinds. Um, and the funny thing is we're not even soap, but it's just a play on the like ocean cleanliness. So that's where the name comes from as well. That's a, it's brilliant actually. Can we get it here on the mainland? Yes. So right now we are, we are shipping to the mainland and then we just barely got our first contract signed today. Actually, uh, we have a retailer in New Hampshire that's going to carry us. And she's actually, it's called the refill station. And so all of her stuff is like in bulk and plastic free, and you can go get refills. You can't refill our stuff yet. We're still working on it, but our stuff is all in recyclable uh, aluminum tins, but her stuff, um, everything else she offers, like you can refill lotion there and you can do like dish soap and all of that really cool stuff. So she's our first one. And then it has just been a I'm just emailing and calling and just just trying to get you know, in there. It, so you say we. So is that is that a family business? Is it a partner business? It's me and my husband. It's That's two, family two and men team right now. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Family and partners got both. Yep. Well, family business is is obviously much more um, passionate for people, and the family business comes from the heart. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this this kind of works. I like that. I'm going to have to check it out and. Um, are you a vegan? So I'm actually more vegetarian. Um, we pretty much eat a vegan diet as is, but I do like my cheese and my yogurt. <laughs> I'm a vegan. I don't even drink have, milk or anything. You don't drink milk or anything. I, <laughs> no. I, I'm a vegan, uh, primarily. I do eat mm-hmm. fish. Okay. Um, so they call it a pescatarian, I guess. But yeah. everything else, I, I don't do gluten, um, dairy-free. Mm-hmm. I don't do like dairy, eggs, cheese, yogurt. I, I do I do the alternative yogurts, the almond and yeah. the soy and things like that. But I don't do we'll call it the other stuff. I don't, right. I don't do the, the real stuff. I haven't done it for a long time, but it helps me with my rheumatoid. It helps me manage it. Yeah, I manage my disease specifically with diet, exercise, mind, body, soul, meditation, and I'm not on any medications. That's so, amazing. It's super herbs, important. I, yeah, yeah. It, it it really is. I do herbs and things like that and. My doctor is the rheumatologist. Think I'm crazy, but you know it works. But it's working. It's working for, for me. You. Exactly. And I'm, and I'm very conscious. We're very, we're very conscious. That's I really appreciate your your business that you started because thank you. It environmentally, we are a, a very, a very conscious with that. And my wife loves the ocean. Mm. I told you we visited Maui. Every opportunity we get, we love Maui. We <laughs> love the ocean. She was born in California. My kids live in California. 
that dogs love the ocean. Everybody, <laughs> the ocean. everybody yep. should love the ocean. <laughs> exactly. You have a uh, podcast. I do. And it's actually centered around that work-life balance, specifically for moms. Um, I started it with my sister-in-law and we are going to start. I'm trying to get season two planned, but Surf Soap is taking off. And so that's going to be my priority for now. But it's called Mommyostasis. So like homeostasis, but for moms, like finding the balance. Um, And we just talk about all sorts of different things, running a business as a mom and just little we both have toddlers, uh, and then I do a lot of fun interviews with other moms, and that's basically the through line: is is how do you find balance uh, as a mom, as a working mom, stay at home mom, and and how do you just you know get through life and feel fulfilled throughout it? That's amazing. I will make sure that I have links to all of those within our show notes. This is one more thing before you go. So, mm-hmm. is there anything or any advice or words of wisdom that you would like to share? with our listeners? I think the biggest piece is just be gentle with yourself and keep moving forward. And that's been kind of my go-to motivator for myself is just keep on moving forward, try different things. Life is all impermanence, you know, everything changes. And so enjoy where you're at right now, uh, however you can, and keep moving towards the other things that you want, but remember to stay in the present as well. Don't get too caught up in that, uh, that top of the mountain. <laughs> Those are amazing words of wisdom. Geta, thank you very much. I really appreciate our conversation and sharing your journey with me. And then I look forward to uh, trying your products. Yay. And thank you for having me. It's been an amazing time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on this conversation. I really appreciate it. Uh, you will find everything that you need to know about finding Surf Soap and Mommy Stasis podcast in the show notes and on the website beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. And as a quick reminder, sometime in the next couple of weeks, you will see a gradual change and you will see new artwork. It's the same podcast. We've not changed. It's the same brilliant guest and the same host, Michael Hurst. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. Tell your story, share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go. Have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.